Hi everybody, I'm Amelia Easley and you are listening to the Sustainability of podcast. I'm currently studying environmental studies and international business at Santa Clara University. Each episode breaks down a company or product and its sustainable practices. I'm your one-stop shop for learning about everything sustainability related. Hi everyone, today I am joined with Aaron Flynn, the CEO and founder of Cladwell, a styling app for consciously-minded fashionistas who understand that styling with less but better is the key to successful wardrobe. Cladwell has been featured on many notable blogs and articles, including Vox. Erin joined the Cladwell team in 2015, and she and her husband bought the company in 2019. Since then, she's fallen in love with the company and everything she's been a part of. Thank you so much for spending time with me today to chat about sustainable styling and reducing our wardrobe size. No problem. Thanks for having me. So what got you into Cladwell? What, what started your relationship with it and what started your relationship with minimalism? Yeah, that's a great question. I, so really, um, Cladwell started in, back in 2013 and was really a personal shopping tool for men. And I actually came on to Cladwell in 2015 when we were about to launch a product for women around this concept called a capsule wardrobe which is really when you love and wear everything in your closet this season. And if you think about that, to wear everything in your closet, you really can't own that many items because you actually have to, you know, wear all those pieces in the season. Um, And so it was during that time when we were thinking about this concept of a capsule wardrobe that I was kind of examining my own life, which um, I started out my career as a fashion blogger and just had collected piles and piles of clothes over the years. And I would wake up and go to my closet every morning and say the exact same thing, which is I have too many clothes and nothing to wear, which was ridiculous because I had over 450 items in my closet. Um, And so it was when I did this uh, process of a capsule wardrobe, I really got to look at my own closet and it, it sounds cheesy, but it actually not only changed the way my closet looked and how I got dressed every morning, but it changed the rest of my life. So how long did it take to curate that perfect wardrobe? And is there anything that you still want to change or that you hope will evolve over time? Yeah. So it's definitely a process. It's not uh, one time and that's it. Um, The first time was a huge undertaking because like I said, I had 450 items. So I took all my clothes out of my closet, laid them on my bed, um, was completely overwhelmed because as you would be if you had that many clothes. Um, But I separated them into two piles, the things that I loved and the things that were just okay. And the thing that got me through it is when I separated those piles, I was really able to see the trends from all the things I loved. Um, and for me, that was, I wore a lot of neutrals and a lot of denim. Um, I liked things that were more flowy rather than fitted. I had been holding on to shoes that hurt my feet so bad. Um, and finally got to get rid of those things, but rather than donate them like the next day, I just put them in a pile and hid them. Um, and so that really helped me be able to go through and actually make progress. So I put those clothes that I didn't love in another room, hung all the clothes that were in my love pile up in my closet. And again, was able to see kind of what my color palette was and the things I loved and did not 
shop for the next two weeks. So I, I took a shopping hiatus and it was the first time I had, um, gone to the mall with my mom. I think it was, you know, within that month and didn't come home with something new. And that was a huge shift for me because I would typically just buy stuff, you know, because it was on sale or I thought I needed it for whatever reason. And so there was the first time that I was actually able to go into a store and say no, because I knew it didn't fit into my personal style. I love that. Was, is there anything still today or do you feel like you've, um, or anything that you want to change with your wardrobe still today? Or have you kind yeah. of kept what you've had for the past couple of years and it's worked well? No. So I, I typically change my wardrobe out seasonally. So I live in Ohio, so we have pretty four regular seasons. Um, so I try to switch my wardrobe out out every three or four months to kind of keep it fresh and also to, again, help that newness feeling. And in those times, I will make minor adjustments. So if it's something that is really on trend this season, and I just love it so much that I feel like, you know, I know I'll wear it for seasons to come, I will maybe add a piece or two to my seasonal wardrobe. Um, I also pretty regularly each season, at least twice a year, do a closet clean out just because there's stuff that uh, doesn't fit anymore or I just have held on to for years and it's just this season I know I'm not going to wear it and it's finally time to get rid of it. So I'll do that and then I, I will get rid of those clothes and typically I give them to my cousins <laughs> who enjoy my hand-me-downs. Um, so yeah, so I would say it's it's certainly a process and it's an ever-evolving one. So especially like I had um, my son uh, two years ago. So that was a huge process. And what do you wear for maternity and so forth? So I would not, I would definitely say this is not just a one time and done thing. It's an ever-evolving, uh, ever-evolving process as you evolve yourself. Okay. Yeah. I've always wondered, I'm like, what about when my style changes Exactly. And things like yeah. that? So that's really, yeah. Um, so what do you see as the reason fast fashion has become the main consumerism trend of the late 20th and early 21st century? Like what happened to loved clothes last? Yeah, that's, um, so I had Elizabeth Klein on, I have, um, the Cladwell podcast not that long ago and I she saw. really, yeah, she's so great. Um, and she helps just make things so clear and simple. Um, but basically this wasn't always the case. So, you know, fast fashion hasn't been around for ages and ages. It's really, um, evolved since I would say predominantly since 1980. So before the 1980s, uh, we only buy, I think it's around 12 items in a year that was normal. Um, and now post 1980, we buy on average, I think it's around 68 items per year. Um, so that huge shift obviously shows how, um, consumerism has kind of taken over and how fast fashion has evolved. And we've kind of changed it from, it didn't used to be a consumable clothes were something that you would buy and wear. And once they, uh, you know, were worn out, you would repair them or then you would replace them. But now it's something that we do kind of as a hobby. We buy something every week or every two weeks and there's sales constantly <laughs> and the seasons are no longer two seasons or four seasons. They're like two week season cycles. So this just has evolved 
in really in the last just 30 years or so, um, or 40 years or, or so. So um, I think the thing to remember is that this wasn't always the case, and it feels like it was because our generation um, has only known that. Um, and so I think we're just starting to see people get back to the basics and realize that they don't need all this stuff or they don't need it as much as, um, as they thought they did. Yeah, I agree with that. I, that was kind of my thing. And I honestly, I would buy clothes to fill a void. Mm-hmm. And I realized after a certain point, I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not gonna, this is like a quite expensive cashmere sweater that I got just because it's on sale, not because I'm in love with it. And there are just so many issues that just started to come to the forefront of my mind. And I was, wow, like this is an actual problem that I have. It's also, it's interesting because for food, I always relate the fashion industry to the food industry. Um, When you eat unhealthy, you feel it immediately (laughs) because you just don't feel good. And then also you can see that over time. Like if you're, you know, just eating fast food over and over and over, you're going to probably gain weight. You're probably going to feel sluggish or like there's these like immediate effects on you with clothing. It's much harder. You don't, you see it in your closet, but we can also avoid our closets because it's kind of separate from us. And so I think um, we're becoming more conscious. And if you become more conscious of like, why do you go to your closet and say, I have nothing to wear when it's filled? Or, you know, why do you go to the store and feel like you have to have something? And I think it's making those things, if you, if you can uh, make yourself aware of those things, you can more easily change your habits. Yeah, I agree with that. I I did an episode with uh, pre-love podcast's Emily Stokel, and she knows all about vintage and thrifting, and she's kind of an expert in that industry. And she told me, you can just take a picture of something if you really like it and have it in your camera roll. Like you have a really nice thrifted find, even something that you find at Nordstrom. And that really stuck with me. You know, there, there's more to clothes than just buying it. It's, it's a piece of art is what it is. And that's not yeah. what it's been treated like yeah. for a very long time, but that's the way it should be treated. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you really do want a new piece or it's something that is new this season and you know, you will wear it and that's okay. I don't think it, this, the system doesn't have to be perfect where it's like, you're never shopping ever again. <laughs> I think that's unrealistic. Um, but I think, again, you need to wear your clothes that you have and actually make sure that you're wearing them and that you're going to wear them for seasons to come. Um, and, and a lot of that, just specifically with shopping, is if you can take that photo of an item or sit with it for a minute. So put it on a list, write out your list of items you would like this season and just don't act on anything immediately. It will really weed out the ones that you, you know, that was just a fad (laughs) or something that you thought you wanted, but you know, you don't actually need. Um, And so a lot of it is just pausing and thinking about your actions. Yeah. So what do you think the best way to pare down our closet is? So yeah, what can we do after we pare down our closet and repurpose the clothes? What are ways other than just donating and throwing them away? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before that, what's the best way to pare down your closet? Yeah, I would say there's two ways. There's either the rip off the bandaid way or there's kind of the Cladwell way. Um, <laughs> so the rip off the bandaid way is we have a, we have a bunch of videos on Cladwell, um, and also different articles, but it's really following the closet clean out process. So that's kind of saying like, okay, this weekend or this Saturday, I'm going to do a closet clean out. 
And that's kind of the process I talked about that I had done, which is I pulled out all my clothes and, and first of all, you have to do your laundry to make sure everything's clean. (laughs) Then you pull out all your clothes, put them into two piles. Pile one is the things you love. Pile two are the things you don't love. And then you analyze those to find out what are the things that you had in your closet that you never actually wear? Why don't you wear those? So is it because the cut is it because there's polka dot polka dots and you don't wear those <laughs> or like what is it um, and then also do that same process for the things you love um, and then hide away the things that you don't love in another room and you don't even have to donate them right away just hide them away and then the things you do love put them in your closet and organize them by color or whatever works for you um, and see if you can live within that world for at least two, two weeks or four weeks before you actually shop. Um, and probably what you'll feel is a little tension there, which is, oh, I got rid of, you know, that shoe and I really need to replace it. And that's good. Like you should, you should, there's probably things in your closet that you're going to have to end up filling the gaps. Um, cause sometimes it's like you have a t-shirt in your closet and you actually do love it, but it shrunk. And so you're never going to wear it. So that needs to go in your don't wear pile. And you just need to write on a list oh, I need to replace a white t-shirt or whatever it may be. So that's process number one, which is rip off the (laughs) band-aid. The second process is um, using Cladwell to help track what you wear and what you don't wear so that in 90 days, you can get rid of the things that you actually don't use. And so in the Cladwell app, you put in your clothes by tapping on items that are similar to what you own. And you log what you wear. So we recommend three daily outfit recommendations. You can also build your own outfit as well. Um, And if you do that and log what you wear, then over 90 days period, we will actually put red dots next to items that you've never worn. And so you can kind of analyze your closet um, through this slow process. And after end of a season, you kind of know, hey, it's okay that I can, (laughs) that I can actually get rid of 60% of my closet or 80% of my closet because I actually never even wore them this season. Um, So it helps you slowly do a closet clean out. Yeah, that's crazy that some people just don't wear 80% of their closet. I mean, there was probably a point where I didn't wear 50% of it. That was way back when. Yeah, I think it's like majority of Americans only wear 20% of their closet. Wow. Because we're, we're all kind of just going to our closet and pulling those same things that make us feel good about ourselves. Um, but it's really hard to see those things though, that the 20% that you actually wear is what makes up your style. And it's really hard to see what that is when 80% is clutter. So it's all about kind of like removing the clutter so that you can see, uh, truly what your personal style is. So there are a couple of things in my closet. I just thought of this question. You know what? I'm going to ask this. I found some really cool finds at Goodwill that, I don't necessarily wear much. And so what do you think about things that I don't wear, I don't love, but I don't want to get rid of? Yeah, so I think that's where storage really comes into play. Um, Because there's nothing wrong with holding on to items. I just don't think they should be in your visual sight when you get dressed in the morning. But if there's items that you think that you will wear again eventually, or you're just not ready yet to get rid of them. That's where, you know, it can be a box. It can be buying a storage container. Just get them out of your sight so that you don't see them in, um, 
if you know you're not going to wear them this month, they shouldn't be in your closet. But that doesn't mean that you have to like donate everything because ultimately, if you think you will wear it again sometime, you're just going to have to end up rebuying it. So my advice is if you have something in your closet that you're just not quite sure about what to do with, to remove it for this season and then come, come back and reevaluate it next season. What about things, one of the videos on your website mentioned that you can get rid of clothes without either just donating them, recycling them, throwing them away. What are ways to repurpose fabric or fabric scraps from clothes? Yeah, so there's a couple different options, um, specifically with recycling. So one, you can, there's some different programs out there where you can take your clothes and actually have them recycled and turned into something. So um, for example, Madewell, which is a brand, they, uh, you can, donate your jeans or give them your jeans and they can actually be any jean from any brand and they'll turn them into I think it's scraps for housing installation um, so that's one option if you don't want to work with a brand with that you can uh, look at your local uh, recy recycling center and sometimes I know in different cities they're doing these recycling programs so they'll actually give you a specific bag for clothing rather than just like typical recycling so that it can be processed in the right way. Um, so that's another option. And then the third option is um, turning it into just housing rags or things like that you would use to dust or clean. Um, it's really, and like right now, a lot of stuff can be used for masks, um, things that you wanna wear, but you wanna turn into something. So it's kind of repurposing it in a different way. Um, so you don't have to put it back into the system. I just, I, I want the audience to be clear that when you do recycle certain clothes, when you take them to a clothing recycling facility, um, almost none of it is actually recycled into actual clothing again. Most yep. of it is just shipped overseas. Um, and then also with when you bring clothes to different companies like stores, I think H&M does that too. There, there are problems with that because um, with the issue of, you know, if you get rid of this, we'll give you a discount to buy more fast fashion um, and things like that. And again, a lot of what you donate, pretty much all of it is sent overseas to the secondhand clothing trade, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but most of what you, what is sent overseas is going to landfills. There is that problem. I would say the biggest thing is to do your research because if you donate to like a Goodwill, a lot of what you're saying is true. Like it just ends up in a landfill um, and, or incinerated. So if you're going to recycle, make sure that it's actually being turned into something and that is actually going to be used or it's almost better to just keep it and again, turn it into something yourself. Um, otherwise it, it's not helpful. And also the will. Yes. Because if you're exchanging something for a discount and that just entices you to buy something else, then, then that's not a good process for you. Yeah. I, well, clothing can only be recycled if it's made, if it's not a blend fabric. So if it's a hundred percent cotton, your 100% cotton jeans, you can recycle those, but things yeah. like that have 5% elastane or something like that, like a jean with you know, 95% cotton, 5% elastane, you can't recycle. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's difficult because as a consumer, you have to know. And I think a lot of people, um, or probably most of us are, they just don't know. And also it seems an overwhelming process to figure out. Well, and the hard part is you, <laughs> it's really paralyzing when 
you're trying to do something good. You're like, I'm trying to recycle or I'm trying to donate my clothes. Like I'm, I, you know, in theory that is good. Like you're trying to help other people get clothes that maybe they wouldn't have been able to have, or in theory, you're, you know, recycling and recycling's good or it's better than, you know, just trash. And so it's, it's super hard to, um, I feel like as a, as a person who's trying to do good, it's really hard. Um, but the biggest piece is just research, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of evaluating what works for you. And I think it's also okay to say like, no one, we're not going to do this perfectly. And it's going to kind of take some stumbling to figure out what works and what doesn't, or what works for you. And, um, and so I think knowing that you don't have to be perfect about it at, you know, at the beginning is okay. Like we're, we're good. I think if everyone's trying, it's going to get better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I will say I have probably quite recently donated clothes. I mean, obviously not before, you know, quarantine happened and all the goodwill shut down. I think the important thing is when you're donating clothes to goodwill or other charity shops to make sure that they're resellable. And so I'm sure I've, you know, given clothes there that aren't the best quality or the best, um, the best, what do you call it? In the best shape. Yeah. But it is, you know, the past is in the past. And now that I am learning more information, I can make more educated consumer choices. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the process of creating a capsule wardrobe? Can you talk about the different steps and the different things that each person has to do instead of just giving up clothes? I know you already touched on it briefly, but let's do a little deep dive here. Yeah. So like I said, the start of a capsule wardrobe is the closet clean out. So it's figuring out what you love and what you don't love. Once you've done that, um, I would say that the second piece is really finding out what your color palette is. That could be based off of your clothes that are in or that are from the things that you love. There may be a very clear color palette, um, but it also can be created. So if you want to kind of have your three mains and three accents and three neutrals, that's, that's fine as well. Um, but the biggest thing about a color palette is making sure that the, your items hanging in your wardrobe can work together so that you can mix and match as many outfits as possible. Um, so that's kind of the second piece, I think. Um, and then the third piece is your lifestyle and your activities. So a lot of times we, um, feel that need of like, I, I don't have enough clothes or, um, I have all these clothes, but, but I still feel like I can't get dressed. And I would say most of that probably has to come down to your lifestyle activities, which means you actually may not have enough clothes in a specific activity for your life. So for example, if you work Monday through Friday and you wear mostly professional, um, items, you could actually have a shortage in that category in your life, but you may not have a shortage of casual outfits. And so that could be where that tension is. So it's really important to kind of map out your lifestyle, um, what your activities are, and how to um, have items and dress um, appropriately for those activities. So that's kind of um, the third piece. And then I would say, the fourth piece in all of this is actually making sure that you're wearing your clothes um, and being able to incorporate and be creative with the outfits. So um, some people 
Um, again, use our app for that. That's where it's like they feel a little bit that they don't have the skill to be able to like create these outfits or they feel stuck in a rut or whatever it may be. Other people have a really great knack for that. So they can build their own outfits or, um, and then some people like they really just want it to be simple. So, um, you can create kind of what I call outfit uniforms and that is finding the outfits that you feel really great wearing. So that could be like a t-shirt, a blazer and a jean and a flat. And just when you wear that outfit combination, you feel great. And so then it's kind of figuring out what those outfit combinations are and making sure you have the right items to kind of fill in those outfits. And that is in theory, <laughs> a capsule wardrobe. Yeah, I think that people don't nearly emphasize the, the lifestyle choices and what we should be wearing or what we should have in our closet based on what we do every day and what we do the majority of the time. So I definitely agree with that. I think I'm um, the type of person who picks uniforms. I probably wear the same four or five outfits pretty consistently. And then I'm like, okay, Amelia, you need to <laughs> you need to diversify a little bit. There are certain items that I just see and I, I know I'm going to love for a very long time. So I go ahead and get them. What do you, what I, do you identify as? That is a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I go back and forth. I, I do let our app pick a lot of outfits for me. Um, and then sometimes I get really inspired by one item in my closet and kind of build an outfit around that. So I, I really love t-shirts probably more than the average person. So, um, I feel like if I'm being casual, it's t-shirts and jeans and a sandal, um, in the summertime. And if I'm, uh, trying to dress up, I try to like layer a t-shirt or wear like a loose flowy button up. Um, and I would say I'm, I'm pretty consistent on that. Luckily, um, uh, my entire I would say life is pretty casual. So I, I don't have a lot of mix in activities when it comes to changing what I wear. Um, so yeah, a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, no, I love white t-shirts. I feel like people are going to be like, Amelia, that's like literally all you wear. <laughs> it's just different types of white tops, white tank tops, white yes. t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, don't call myself out. <laughs> uh, in terms of curating a closet, this was something when I was writing up questions, I was like, this is something that I wonder, because I've known some people that they're, they're really into fashion and certain pieces, even if they're not necessarily going to wear them are kind of not essential to have, but they feel a strong need to buy and have in their wardrobe because of their, their background and because of they just find it super important to, to follow these trends. So what, what do you want to say to, to those fashionistas who see a value in having really large closets with designer items or just who feel the need to buy and keep up with certain pieces because of their, their interests? Yeah, I think I totally get fashion and style being an interest. Um, I, the piece that I feel like we all really have to ask ourselves is why are you buying? And um, if it's just buying to buy, but you are wearing the item once or you're never wearing it, like they still have tags on it, then I think that there's, there's probably 
it's probably not healthy on some level. Um, and we need to kind of ask ourselves, why is that? I feel like our clothes should be used and our closets should be made up of things that we actually wear. So, um, that said, I also don't think you have to have a closet with only 30 items. <laughs> so, um, I, I think as long as you're conscious about what you're doing, um, that's kind of where I would lean toward. Um, and now I, I don't even remember the second part of your question. <laughs> what would you want to say to, to, I mean, usually women, but oftentimes men. Yeah. Who, um, who just feel, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful museum quality uh, fur coat, or like this is an amazing sweater, cashmere sweater, whatever like that. Um, they just feel an importance to have several of these higher end items in their wardrobe. Yeah, I think, I, I think what I would say is that our clothes matter. And so when, if you're going to make a decision to buy something that um, a high end is fine. Again, if you're going to wear it and it's of quality, that actually may be better because it may last longer, but if it's just to hold on to and have, um, for, unless you're using it as a piece of art, I would just say our clothes really matter because, um, it's not just about our personal choices when it comes to, um, having too many items in our closet. It's that when we buy these pieces, um, it really affects people making our clothes on the other side of the world. And so just asking yourself again, why are you buying this item and what are, what are your intentions with it? And I think if you can answer those questions, honestly, um, you'll come to the right decision for yourself. Um, yeah. So that's, that's honestly what I would say. I like that. So now I want to talk a bit about Cladwell specifically. So how does the algorithm that creates the expertly matched outfits work a non-technical computer, computer science um, <laughs> way? How does, it, how does it work? Yeah, what's the algorithm like? Yeah, so we really wanted to make sure that if we were going to create an algorithm, <laughs> that it needed to be good and also um, needed to not just be based off of like where we told a bunch of developers to, hey, go create this algorithm that mathematically creates outfits. Um, like it needed to have at the core of it be developed by stylists and so that it could, um, one evolve, but also be driven by, um, people rather than just like math. So what we did is we, um, our team worked together to really come up with a bunch of different style, um, rules and things uh, around color mapping and, um, how to create outfits and so forth. And um, based off that, our developers work to generate all your potential outfit permutations from the items in your closet. So if you go into the Cloudwell app and you tap on an item in your closet, you can see every outfit possibility from that item. Um, and, and then we use those outfit permutations and then add things like hey, people do, they can't wear things back to back because literally laundry <laughs> happens. So we had to add in some of those rules to be able to actually match the human experience and be able to recommend um, outfits every day. And then we also, we have a weather component. So if you, you can allow your lo location and what that does is we pull um, from a weather app um, what your zip code would be 
And so then we recommend daily outfits um, based off the weather in your area. So was Cladwell founded upon the principle of somewhat sustainability, but also more minimalism? Or was that something that happened when that capsule collection was introduced and you started reconsidering your wardrobe? Was that the same time that Cladwell was becoming a more, you know, love close last kind of company? Yeah, it definitely was founded on the principle of a capsule wardrobe, which we believe is really loving and wearing everything in your closet. So it's gotten kind of tied up into minimalism because that's very similar to minimalism. We want you to um, use everything that you have and see value in everything that you have. I kind of view it as we call it reasonableism, (laughs) which is um, in between minimalism and the rest of the world, uh, which is just around uh, appreciating and not having excess. Um, Because again, I think it's everything that you have, you should love and you should use. And if you're not, you have to question why you have it. And so that's kind of our philosophy when it comes to your closet. And we think if we can help people kind of, um, again, become conscious of their closet, then that has huge effects and impacts on the rest of the fashion industry. Because again, if we all love and wear everything we own, we're going to end up buying less. And if we buy less, then that's actually going to be better for the earth. And if we wear clothes more, that's better for our carbon footprint. So it just has all these implications um, that are much bigger than just, hey, I have nothing to wear. What plans do you have for if the, if you can say anything, what plans do you have for the future of Cladwell to become more featured towards a sustainably minded consumer rather than solely minimalism? Yeah, so we've talked a lot about the future of, so right now in the app, we again, allow everyone to track what they wear and then we kind of say, hey, you haven't worn these items, um, how you should probably do something with them. You should store them away or get rid of them. And we've talked about, you know, what partnerships we could have that help people dispose of their clothes in a proper way. Um, We've talked about how to help people when they do shop, um, shop sustainably or ethically and introduce them to brands that allow them to do that. Um, So there's a lot of possibility (laughs) for the future. And, uh, we're excited for that, uh, that time. And I would say right now we're really focused on the personal styling aspect and helping people understand that they don't have to have huge closets to, to have great personal style. Yeah, I agree with that. So what's the benefit of using a styling app when having a minimalist wardrobe? Because that usually means that all of the items work with each other anyway. Yep. Yeah. I think it's, it's if you feel like you want um, to get even more creative. So, or if you feel like you're in a creative rut and um, again, most people who have smaller wardrobes, you can, you can just like kind of go into your closet and mix and match any of your items because they'll all go together. Um, I would say where our app comes into play, if you already have a sustainable or a minimalist wardrobe is one getting even more creative. You can actually see all your outfit permutations to see if there are things that you never thought about putting together and now you can put together. Or um, it actually just helps keep you, hold yourself accountable. So you have this minimalist wardrobe, but really are you wearing all those items? And what do you wear the most of? And um, 
and that type of thing. So I think there's two ways to kind of use it if you're already there. Um, and so that's, and that's kind of what we see people who have crossed the threshold and are actually living that lifestyle. We have a, I would say a pretty loyal group of Cloudwell users that, you know, in our app, you can actually track what percentage of your closet you're wearing. And so it, it's holding you accountable to those things. I, this is the final question I ask to all my interviewees. What is one major issue that you feel once tackled will solve a multitude of the sustainability problems that we face in the fashion industry? Oh man. Um, (laughs) For me, and it's, it's where I'm, I would say matches with my passion, um, which is around changing our habits. I feel like if we can get people to personally who were unconscious of their shopping habits, unconscious of um, how large their closet had gotten and get them to become more conscious of their shopping habits, realize that maybe they don't need all the clothes that are in their closet. I think changing people's minds and hearts actually has a huge impact on our world. Um, and I think it's something that's kind of why we started Cloudwell. It's, it's what Cloudwell is mainly focused on. I think we need a lot of people doing a lot of different things that on like, you know, a government level or on activism. Um, but this is kind of the one part that I think that I can help with and we can help with and hopefully, um, make people more aware of. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for joining me today. I really enjoyed our chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. That's all for this episode. Check out my Instagram in the show notes and feel free to leave me any suggestions for future topics. I'll see you all in my next episode.